This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. Kids Can Fish is a state and federally recognized 501c3 charitable foundation. All the camps, clinics, and outreach are funded by website merchandise sales, sponsors, and donations. The mission is to teach kids the fundamentals of fishing and have the most fun possible. One of their biggest catchphrases is, more tackle boxes, less Xboxes. Take a look at what they've got going on. They've got some camps coming up. They just completed one recently and posted all about it. So head on over to kidscanfish.net. Take a look at that and get signed up for the next Running of the Bulls tournament out of uh, St. Simon's Island over there in Georgia. Good stuff. Thanks again for Kids Can Fish. You're doing great things. New week, new episode. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Hopefully everything is going well wherever you are, whatever you are doing. It's always good. I'm glad that you get to come over here and spend some time. This week we are staying local. Yeah, uh, we got kind of somebody famous that just moved into the area. And uh, I, I am super excited to go fish with him here soon. And it's just, this whole episode is probably going to dig into some serious things here we got a lot of cool stuff we were talking about pre-show and uh yeah it's only going to get better so we're talking with slot city fishing mr jesse walker uh you'll be able to find him on facebook slot city fishing all one word instagram same thing slot city fishing and youtube lots and lots of excellent content i cannot emphasize that enough slot city fishing so you can find them on all that also if you go back to the webpage where you were listening to the podcast, if you looked at on Finding Demo Surfishing or through my transistor page, you'll be able to find the hyperlinks back there to all his stuff and a lot of the things we're going to talk about today. Before we kick into the episode, I do have to apologize. I know my voice seems a little funky. Unfortunately, the winter crud has found me. I don't know how, but you know that's just how it works. So I will do my best to make sure I sound good because that's what we do on podcasts. Yeah. All right. So without me flapping my mouth the whole time, self-important and all that fun stuff let me welcome you to the show jesse welcome man hey what's up brother oh good times ahead i am congratulations on a successful move welcome to the area i'm very excited for you you've been here before obviously but uh, i mean i didn't get to meet you yet so i'm super excited dude i'm excited too man and uh before we get going uh i'm really digging what you're doing man for the community it's it's a very cool program uh, I've been driving back and forth from Jack's to, uh, Pace, which is the Pensacola area, if, you, if you're not local. Uh, and that's like a five and a half hour drive. And I think that I've listened to at least half of your, your episodes. And, uh, it's refreshing to see somebody doing something, uh, different that's, uh, successful, man. I, I'm really enjoying what you're doing and it's an honor to be on your show, bro. I appreciate it. Oh man, you are entirely too kind and I am excited that you're here. So I'm glad you enjoyed them. Uh, that was I remember you were telling me one of them you listened to on the way back. I was like, oh, crap. Somebody's listening to my show. And like, oh, wow, giving feedback. I just got I got even more excited. I'm like, okay, what am I doing right? And the most important well, the, question was, what am I doing wrong? So you hooked me up, and I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, we're we're all trying to just get a piece of this this action on the social media thing. You know, it's um, it changes daily, and uh, there's so much to learn. You could go to college for four or five years and still not learn half of like the yeah. madness that goes into this thing. It's a, 
it's a unique beast and it changes so often like TikTok and whatever these new things come out that I don't really do, but, um, you're, you're doing a cool new thing, man. Um, I, I think that you're going to be very successful in the future. If you keep doing what you're doing, man, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing. You know, if this knee injury didn't stop me, the only thing that will is if I can't talk or can't move. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, enjoying man. it, man. This is, it's been a lot of fun doing a podcast. You know, it, the amount of things that I've learned and hopefully everyone else has learned, you know, with international fishing and the West coast or up the East coast, all these different tips and tricks, but a lot of it being very similar to all the areas. It's like, okay, look, you can do fishing. It's just a matter of finding the key points that are always there. That's going to make you successful. So it's it's been a lot of fun and watching your stuff has been, it's getting me ready for eventually when I start getting into kayaking and, you know, Anytime I'm out on a boat now, I'm like, oh, okay, let me pick up a yeah. couple of these lures, maybe these things. So thank you yep. for what you've been doing. You really got a big library for people to go through. Yeah, man, I, I, I do it all. Um, my, uh, my job definitely lends itself to some very uh, incredible opportunities for me to do a bunch of different cool stuff in the fishing world. Uh, I'm very blessed and fortunate and extremely grateful to be able to do uh, what I do. So it's, it's cool, man. And we'll talk about that. Um, all, all the traveling and stuff. Yep. Oh, perfect. Well, since you uh, got me the perfect transition there, let's go ahead and get right into it. And as always, I like to start at the very beginning. So tell us your story and what got you into fishing, man. Um, I could probably spend a whole freaking day talking <laughs> about this. A lot of the guys say they're like, damn, we're going way back to it yeah yeah man well it's a lot because i've been fishing my whole life dude um this is a conversation that i need to have with my dad because i don't know what got him into fishing but i can tell you this for sure that my some of my earliest and fondest memories are with my dad fishing dang i don't know why i just got like emotional about this anyway um i get it you know my dad was in the army and um we moved a ton but um my aunt's husband my uncle um he owned a piece of property uh in the atlanta area that had a big lake on it i say big lake it actually is like a small pond but (laughs) when i was little it felt like a big lake and uh my dad would take me out there and uh uh, we would just wear out bass and i remember that and then um he moved around a lot and i remember um he was stationed at keesler air force base which is in biloxi mississippi or by there somewhere somewhere by there and he would go uh, surf casting, actually, um, a lot, and pier fishing, too. Um, but he would wade fish uh, in the water by the casinos. I don't know if you're familiar with that yeah. at all for, yep. for, like, flounder and stuff. And then back then, this is, you know, before the days of Internet and, uh, you know, uh, streaming content, even, even home Internet. I don't even think that we had that um, back then. Um, uh the NWR on the base, they would put on like fishing tournaments and stuff. And there's a really cool picture of me. I'm, I'm tiny, bro. I was probably like not even in kindergarten yet, but my dad won this tournament where he caught this just big redfish. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a baby at this point. And like the fish to me, the way I remember it is like bigger than me, but he's holding this and he used to drive a 1972 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. It was white with a black leather top and he's holding this big ass redfish. Sorry for my language. You're good. Uh, and he's got and he's got like a light beer in his hand. It's just a really cool picture. But I'm standing next to this fish, and the fish is like bigger than me. Um, <laughs> yep. And then we would go on vacation all the time. Um, 
he was at Fort Bragg. He was a paratrooper. So we would go to uh, Myrtle Beach a lot. And then uh, our favorite place to go was Panama City. And we would camp out like tent camp at St. Andrews State Park. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. I've heard of it. It was on our list to visit when we were RVing. Yeah, it's a really cool place, man. But um, my surf casting or shore casting is, is from a jetty. So I don't know if you would call it surf. So that's, a, that's a debate right there. It's like, some people say surf fishing, you have to be on the sand where I don't really agree with that. It's like, to me, it's like shore casting because yeah. I fish the same, the same way from the sand that I do from like a jetty kind of my favorite fish to catch is redfish. And the reason why is we would go to St. Andrew state park and most people start off like shore casting or uh, surf casting by doing uh, like double dropper rigs. Mine was, we went there and coincidentally the redfish were running. And on this particular jetty on an outgoing tide, it, the, the high tide, when it starts going out, would pull these crabs off these rocks. And these big bull redfish would blow up the water. It may just make the water boil. It sounds like I'm exaggerating, but it was like a war zone, dude. I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 at the time. And we were just bombing out uh, mirror lure top dogs. I had no idea what that was at the time. We just went and got it because we saw that that's what other people were using. But uh, my early my earliest memories of catching uh, like big redfish was when I was young throwing topwater lures, which now I think about it and it's like, dang, like I, I wish I could replicate that now because that, that would be a killer YouTube video. But like that is, doesn't happen very often. So it's it pretty neat. Yeah, man. And then uh, that's what really got me into fishing. Um, you know, I, I just love it, man. It's a cool thing. And then. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much more to it, dude. Um, <laughs> it's all good, we, man. We You're good. Go, um, I guess that was me in my adolescence uh, fishing, and then I went to high school in Huntsville, Alabama, and I uh, I actually got a, a scholarship playing uh, music. Uh, the reason I bring this up is it's very influential in like me being a YouTuber and um, uh, th this aspect of it. Anyway, I went to college at the University of North Alabama on a saxophone scholarship and it's kind of funny i've been talking with all your local people and uh tony from fish gum actually went to the same college that i went to so, <laughs> no kidding that's funny yeah sm small world dude so like we kind of know some of the same people and like restaurants or whatever but um yeah i went to school for music education and i did that for a while and um that's where i met my wife and her family and they're professional musicians. This is by Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I don't know if you are familiar with it at all, but it's no. like a small little music mecca with a bunch of recording studios and stuff like that. And my uh, my wife's dad and her brother are both very successful uh, musicians. And I actually dropped out of college um, to uh, pursue a professional music uh, gig. And I toured with my brother-in-law uh, when he got his first record deal. So I dropped out of school and then I did the professional music thing for a while playing bass for him. And then I got back and I realized that being a musician is a very difficult and not very uh, profitable business in the beginning. And then I had a, a family at the time. Uh, my daughter was born around this time and I was like, all right, man, this ain't working out. And that's when I enlisted in the Navy. My first duty station was Pensacola for air crew school. And that's when I picked up fishing again. And, uh, yeah, man, I've, I've PCS 12 times now in 12 Damn. years. Yeah. And, uh, I, I really have fished like all over the world, dude. 
uh, Jacksonville, Florida was my first permanent duty station, and I fished there a good bit. And then I went to Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii, and I spearfished there. And also my first actual, what I would call surf fishing experiences were in K-Bay uh, as well for uh, bonefish. A Hawaiian dude taught me how to, how to surf fish and then also slide bait rigging for a lua. I don't know if you know what that is. I do. I, I was, uh, thankfully I was a kid and got my, my family was stationed out there at Pearl Harbor and, uh, That's right. K-Bay, uh, K-Bay is a special place in my poor black little heart. Oh man. Uh, best, best times of my life. And it's funny, you know it too. Like, uh, so believe it or not, man, I was an E4 at the time. Um, I don't remember how much I made, but it was a, a humble salary, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. I was living rich, bro. Um, no kidding. I had a four bedroom house with a two car garage and the beach was in my backyard. And like, you could see the ocean from my back porch and we could walk to it. And, uh, I would go down there with my spear gun, get in the water and my wife would come back. And there was just coincidentally these two palm trees that we would string a hammock up. And uh, my wife would walk down there with a cooler full of beer. And then I would get out of the water with my fish and just get in the hammock and just, you know, watch the sun go down and then, you know, rinse, wash, repeat every day is best, best times, dude. Oh yeah. Was that base housing or were you you, uh, just off base? base housing dude. yeah the base housing out of there was not horrible um i mean it kind of was when i was a kid but after i got in the marine corps we uh we went out there and i saw it i was like wow you guys really improved this place oh yeah man it was nuts it's just funny man um yeah i, I take a lot of pride and i come from very humble beginnings man um like i said my dad he's a retired uh first sergeant uh very successful career um but he was also a drill sergeant and when I turned 16, he basically told me, uh, anything that you want from this point, you're going to have to buy it yourself. And I was like, copy that, which he could have provided for me whatever I wanted, but he was teaching me a, a very valuable life lesson, yeah. you know, uh, how, to, how to work hard for things. But yeah, when I enlisted in the Navy uh, at the time, I had just moved out of a single wide trailer back in the woods in Alabama. So, you know, from where I started to where I'm at right now has been, uh, uh, it, it's a trip, dude. I, I, I really can't believe I've I made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny. I mean, it, they're not kidding. Uh, you know, I, I did my full career and did my time and it's, it's not a joke. It's an adventure, but it, you know, it's all in what you make of the adventure. That's the one thing I've always told people, especially when I was on recruiting duty. God, pff, sorry. Cause I have to spit at that horrible memory, but yeah, it's all in what you make of it. So 100% dude. And I, I think that, um, that kind of parallels is just fishing in general, man. Is like yeah. a lot of people get caught up. Uh, in trying to get the the outcome, like the the reward at the end, but really, man, it's about the journey. Like mm-hmm. the destination is not worth it if you don't enjoy the journey. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does. Well, with all this travel, I mean, you've got a big YouTube channel. You've done a lot of these things. So from childhood up through hell, growing up, you've been obviously on the water in different places. Now that we're here, what type of fishing do you like to do now? Man, I really like everything um it just depends (laughs) on what i'm in the mood for and and i go in waves too man and it's it's also very dependent on like the time of the year and what species are running you know um like if i know that the pompano are running then that's where i'm gonna be if you know it's in the middle of winter um a big thing that i learned in texas is like fishing artificials uh inshore for like big trout and stuff like that so I do it all, man. I also have a boat. I don't know if I told you that. Um, 
I saw it yesterday on Facebook. I was like, oh, look at that pretty thing. So you're going to have a lot of fun being back here. Yeah, man, it's, it's great. Um, I'm, I am fortunate that I've lived in this area. This is my third time being stationed here too. So um, just to circle back on, on the, on the move. Yeah, so man. I started out in Pensacola, then I went to Jacksonville. Uh, for my first duty station, I deployed out of there. Then I went to K Bay and I did two years there. And then that's where I got picked up for OCS. And uh, out of there, I went to uh, OCS, which is a, that's littered with a ton of hilarious stories. But I, I'm, I know your channel is more focused on <laughs> yeah. on fishing. But I'll say this, man. Um, I was snooping on your Facebook page and I saw you. It's a great picture of you smooching your wife or whoever in front of Santa Claus and you're in your alphas. And I'm like, oh, dude, this guy is a gunnery sergeant. Like you're, you're, you're like a really jovial, funny dude listening to your show. But I saw you in your alphas and I was like, man, this guy is could probably break me if, if you wanted to. <laughs> and I remember, dude, I'll never forget. I, I, I'm pretty sure I probably have like PTSD from this man is those freaking uh, drill instructors and in OCS, dude, like just ter terrible but hilarious memories anyway got picked up for a pilot out of there and then i went to um it's called aviation pre-flight indoctrination and primary flight school and that's here in pensacola so I, I was blessed to be able to come back here for another two years and then i went back to uh jacksonville and now i'm back here uh so been bouncing around uh all over the place but the, i brought that up because uh you know, I don't consider myself a local to Pensacola, but I have spent the majority of my career uh, at this location. So mad respect to all of the actual true locals to this area. But, uh, you know, I'm very familiar and fortunate with a lot of the people and places uh, in this area, too. So uh, you guys don't know how good you freaking have it. I mean, you do. <laughs> you, you move here, you know, but the, the guys that just get to drive out to Navarre and, you know, do that every day and you get de desensitized to that that stuff um like it, it's great here man I'm, I'm so glad to be back yeah we definitely i've said it numerous episodes you know we have a very very good fishery and we are very very fortunate uh throughout the world you know you can go to the keys absolutely but something about this area is just lights out great fishing whether it's inshore offshore surf pier jetty all of it there are ways to catch fish every day if you want it well, the thing is, too, with here is the accessibility. Like, you brought up the Keys. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody can't go to the Keys. And even if you do go to the Keys, like, uh, the things that come to my mind fishing there for, like, large permit and fly fishing for, like, bonefish or offshore fishing, like, you know, normal people can't just go do that right quick, you know? Uh, here, you can rent an Airbnb, like, somebody's furnished garage, uh, which we've done, by the way, here. <laughs> and, um, and then go kill it at like Bob Sykes pier, you know, like you don't even have to know what you're doing. Uh, you can just come down here cheap and absolutely slay great keeper fish and the biodiversity here is so insane too. Like, uh, I just came from the East coast. Like you can't kayak offshore there and catch cobia, you know, a hundred yards off the beach. Like that's not a thing, but here it is. It's crazy. Or tuna. I mean, we don't have tuna here. Stay away from us, people. You don't want to come here for <laughs> tuna. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, and Jax, if you want to catch a blackfin tuna, you have to take an hour and a half boat ride out oh, yeah. to what's called the ledge. That's where the continental shelf starts, the big drop off into deep water. And, you know, you got to have a twin outboard boat unless you're very brave. <laughs> um, I've never caught blackfin tuna here, but I have trolled kayak fishing offshore here 
not a lot, but uh, uh, a little bit. And uh, yeah, king mackerel, uh, Spanish, cobia. It's it's amazing. It's amazing here. That's something I want to get back into uh, a lot while I'm here. Well, I know you definitely will, and I know we're all going to be looking forward to it. So that's good stuff. And I got to back up. So the picture you saw of Abby and I there in front of Santa, that was actually a weird hookup from Disney. Um, I was on the 15th Mew at the time, and I knew, you know, it was Abby's first legit deployment. You know, she'd, yeah, she'd never rough. been through one yet. So, you know, it was it was rough. And being on the Mew, you, you know how comms are. You're running through SATCOM and all that stuff. So your yep. phone conversations, you say something, you wait 10 seconds, and then you hope for a reply. Um, mm-hmm. But I reached out to Disney, and I asked if I could just borrow the wishing well at Disney World. And just be like, hey, look, I don't need the whole day. I just need five minutes. Um, and they emailed me back and said, yeah, cool story, bro. We're doing something else and we're doing it like this. And they hooked it up. They got us all set up with Santa and, you know, she, I wasn't even supposed to be home for another two weeks, I think. Yeah, we were, we were supposed to stay at Pearl for a couple extra days, but, uh, the skipper was like, huh, we're reloaded. We're out. We don't, we don't need to wait. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, we hightailed it back to, back to Cali and, uh, yeah, yeah they hooked it up, man. So that was a lot of fun. And I mean, yes, gunnies were interesting. We're, uh, yes, you do have a great point, and there's only a few people that know this, and any of my Marine friends listen to this, they they can attest, you know. Uh, absolutely friendly, 100%. I will laugh, joke with you, and have a great time. But um, you want to flip the switch, that's fine. I, I can do that, too. It's it, it it doesn't go away. It stays with you, and it's, it's just a nice little Dude. thing in a box waiting to get out. Dude, I will never, ever forget the just fear of seeing a smoky bear flat hat drill instructor come around the corner and just stare into the depths <laughs> of your soul like you're like the most insignificant creature on earth and then just smoke you until you almost <laughs> die <laughs> <laughs> oh you're bringing me back to such a good place oh anyway we could do a whole episode on that but no i can't do that you're gonna get my ADD yeah i know flying. we gotta focus on oh, oh my gosh you killed me here um uh well, this is the perfect opportunity now that we're doing that. We could transition right back into fishing here. But let's go ahead and knock out one of those favorite things of the show. It is your first bait check of the episode. It's been about 25 minutes. Hopefully, you've caught a bunch of fish. If you haven't, or while you're sitting there, reel that line and double check your bait. Make sure it's good. If nothing's bit yet, you might want to change it up. Lots of good bait options out there always bring a diversity this bait check is being brought to you by ds custom tackle ds custom tackle has a bunch of fun things for you to take a look at the newest one is the flea bag that's right you heard me right the flea bag he's got glow in the dark painted different sizes really cool stuff really good options there if you need other things they've got them from uh, supplies to build your own rigs hooks floats you name it they've got it in there so head on over to dscustomtackle.com get your order in today well now that we're uh, somewhat back on track, as <laughs> I tell myself. Yeah, this, yeah. I'll no, go you, on some tangents, bro. You got to reel me back in. I, I got you. A lot of these tangents, I mean, that's why I transitioned on the Marine one, but uh, <laughs> a lot of the tangents yeah, are yeah. always going to be good because they do flow. Um, but this one I know is going to be a long answer because this is one of my favorite questions throughout the whole podcast, which is, what is your favorite thing about fishing? The best answer I could give you for that one is, it's it's like my therapy, dude. Um yeah. I know that you can attest to this, man. Um, everybody's lives are so freaking stressful these days, you know? Like, I, I'm not even talking about the military, just in general, you know? Like, everybody's got things going on in their lives that you got to balance with, you know? And 
fishing is one of those things where I go and do it and every other aspect of my life turns off and I'm just worried about fishing. And it's a very, you know, healthy, positive way to spend time and you just have a great time and you can catch some cool fish, have fun with your bros. And then you get a meal out of it, you know? Also, like, I really enjoy learning a skill and, like, um, like honing a knife, like perfecting a craft. And fishing is one of those things. It's like playing guitar. Like, you know, I would say probably five out of ten people can pick up a guitar and play a campfire song or sing, sing a cowboy tune, you know what I mean? But how many people do you know that can actually, like, rip a guitar? And then out of those people, how many of those people are actually professional musicians? Yeah. You know, and it's the same way with fishing. Like you can go to Walmart and pick up just like some basic stuff and go fishing and have a killer time. Best time of your life. But you can hone that craft and turn it into something that's sorry, intricate and very detailed oriented and become a master of it. And I really enjoy doing things like that, like flying. I, I really enjoy cooking also, uh, playing music, uh, just learning and growing and, and fishing is really cool in that aspect. And you're outside, man. It's, and it's active. It's a very, very good thing. You nailed a lot of fun stuff that everyone, I'm like, yeah. But that music piece, dude, that was a great analogy right there. I mean, yeah, really well put together. Another good analogy that I like is you got to use your powers for good, not evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, a lot of people, they run with this social media thing and it goes into like a weird, like a weird, like money fame type thing. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's not like that for me. For me, uh, it's great because I, I make connections in the fishing community, like dudes like you. And I know that guys like you are going to introduce me to other cool dudes. Uh, and that's just going to lend to me catching more fish. You know, uh, that's how I met Chip Brundage. Lots, lots of guys like that. It's, it's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. And this community is really, really cool, really tight knit. And it's just great to talk to a bunch of people about like-minded things. Well, with those ones, here's your last question on the, the going in the background here or for the future, is there a bucket list fish that you wish to catch one day? Yeah, man, for sure. This will happen. Uh, me and my brothers, we want to go to Latin America somewhere. Have you seen the videos about Los Buzos Resort? Oh, are you kidding me? You mean the place that's yeah, on my I, bucket list? Oh, old Robert Field making me like, oh, man, I yeah. want to go do that. Yeah, I, I, I have to catch a rooster fish or a Kubera <laughs> snapper out of the kayak like, and then go cook it up. And Latin America is just beautiful too, man. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I deployed to El Salvador two times. Uh, and I actually surf fished down there on a beach called El Tunco. Cool, cool place, man. Beautiful. No, I haven't been. The only closest I've been is going through the Panama Canal once. But yeah, real yeah. nice right there. All right. So now we're going to move into the one part of the show that everyone's like, yeah, hey, they're always foaming at the mouth for because this is where the knowledge breaks in. So we're going to move into the fishing tips, tricks, and knowledge beer, uh, our piece. So when you're going to go out, how do you plan your fishing trips? So I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier is like, I, I, I try to have a game plan and also YouTube has drastically changed the way that I fish too, because I never fish without filming anymore. And the reason why is in Jack's one day I was in my boat and I went out fishing just to have a good time. You know, I was like, I'm not going to record. This is just going to be a, you know, stress relief. Just have fun. And the shrimp were running in the St. John's river and I cast net a bunch of them. And then just for the heck of it, I went over to this little rock jetty and I caught back to back one on an artificial paddle tail, a 23 inch flounder. And then right next cast on a live shrimp, I caught a 24 inch flounder. Wow. I was like, God, 
god dang so i never film or fish without filming anymore you know because you you can miss some magic content but so I, I try to think about what's running like what what's happening um i also keep my ear to the ground in all of like the um facebook pages and all that stuff like you brought it up earlier like there's no black fin tuna here yeah right man they're slaying them right now <laughs> yeah they are it's awesome uh, and i see that because of you know facebook so if i was set up and i had my kayaks and all that stuff ready like you better believe that i would be out there doing that because like i am a fisherman but i'm a content creator too so i'm trying to fish for what i think is going to be the most uh, entertaining and uh, productive as far as the YouTube algorithm and current events go. Uh, so that, that's what I plan my trips around. And then I would say the next thing would be uh, weather because uh, that's very influential on what I do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, weather being a huge, important piece there, you definitely don't want to mess with that. So mm-hmm. you, you talked about that with those ones. Now let's move into spot selection. How do you choose your spot when you're heading out to the beach? Uh, I do things a lot different than most people do as far as like fishing goes. In my time in the military, I've been extremely fortunate uh, to get some very, very, very high quality training. And as a pilot, uh, I have a very intimate relationship with weather because I'm in it all the time. So I actually uh, went to school uh, and learned from areographers about weather and and metrologists. Like we, we study weather. I know a very, very good amount about forecasting and frontal mechanics and all that weird nerd stuff. But I also have access to a lot of like software that most people aren't familiar with, like ForeFlight. And uh, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to say ForeFlight or not. <laughs> yep. Yeah, dude. So it's funny. I actually check the weather more thoroughly for a fishing trip than I do when I'm actually flying around thunderstorms and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that oddly. Yeah, but it's the same thing, man. In ForeFlight, there's satellite imagery, the same thing as Google Maps. But in ForeFlight, I can also overlay all types of weather programs on there, too. So I can see when frontal passage is going to happen, when a cold front's going to blow through, when, when pressure's going to change, uh, wind direction, course, and speed, uh, even um, wave swell height, all that stuff is on there. Uh, lightning, it's, it's an amazing resource. Uh, another really great one is windy. I use that a lot too. Um, but there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of stuff on windy, uh, that most people don't know how to use because you really, you don't have a reason to do it unless you're a pilot. But I will say that it's a, all those little small details, you know, uh, I call them like force multipliers in fishing. If, if, uh, I heard you and Justin Reed talking about changing your hooks, you know what I mean? What if that makes a 1% difference in your fishing game that day? Right. Right. So like line selection, weather, all those things. Yeah, that's that's like 1%. But all those little 1% things, they all add up. And if you do it right and you time it right, that's how you're going to put yourself uh, in the best position to catch fish. So that's that's what I do. Makes sense. The planning piece is great. Uh, kind of one of the old things, Beach Buzz. Uh, haven't had him on just yet, but I'll get him eventually. When he was flying around here as an instructor pilot in Hilo, in Helos, I always laughed, and he's like, what? I'm like, you get the ultimate cheat, man. You get to go down the coast, yeah. uh, you know, rocking 120, 130 knots, and you're like, cut, drift, yep. 
Oh, rip. Yep. It's yep. like, oh, you're cheating. But I mean, again, anything you can use as a tactical advantage is huge. And how many, how many times, yeah. I mean, if, if anybody's a part of Salt Strong or anything like that, one of the things they talk about is going online and taking a look at those, you know, the Google Maps and all those things so you can get an idea of those pieces. So, yeah, technology yep. is a great savings for helping you plan, build, and just get ahead in the game. So, yeah, I think it's great, man. That's another thing, too, man, is I am very, very blessed flying because they don't tell you where to go you know what i mean sometimes they do if it's a mission you got to go do what they do but on like a proficiency flight i can fly wherever i want bro and, yeah. Um, yeah legit i can go like as, as long as i have the gas and the time to do it like a, a flight that i did recently was uh and i did this all the time dude because it's the best is uh i would file a flight plan from jacksonville to like gulfport mississippi at sunset and just fly down the coast man and just check it out on a good day you look at everything it's amazing man i'm I'm very fortunate in that in that in that regard gotta love cross country <laughs> oh yeah man yeah so while we've talked about spot now let's talk about gear selection and setup kind of thing here because now this is kind of an in-depth because it can go numerous different ways so when it comes to setting up what kind of rigs do you like to use at the beach when you're surf fishing and i like 12 foot surf rods i'm a spinning reel guy because i learned how to fish in the panhandle I'm dabbling in the conventional stuff because I fish with Chip a lot in Jacksonville, and he could cast twice as far as me. And I was yeah. like, "What the, what the heck, it's dude?" De- like, it's depressing fishing with him sometimes because it's like, "Dude, really? You really want to show yeah. me 140 yards on a cast? Like it's nothing?" Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing about fishing here versus fishing in on the East Coast in the Atlantic is you have to be able to cast that far because you can't reach the, the fish, dude. Like. Uh, and then tides are so crazy over oh, there. Yeah. Like you may, you may have a 10 foot tidal coefficient with two tides every day. And at high tide, you, you can't get out there. You just can't, but yeah, I'm, I'm learning about that. Um, pomp rich sold my little brother, uh, two Accios reels. And then I have a, uh, a fathom two casting special. I forget what it's called. And I can cast pretty dang far with it, but I bird nest like 75% of the time that I try to do it. So but yeah, 12 foot rods, spinning reels. Uh, something else that I do different that I haven't seen a whole lot of people do is I use live liner reels. Um, all of my reels are live liner reels. Not all of them, but most of them. Because when I first started fishing, I wasn't trying to put meat in the cooler. I was trying to catch the biggest damn fish that I could. And what I would do is cast net uh, like pinfish or whatever I could get my hands on and then throw them out on a live liner and wait for like a big bull red or you know, whatever mystery fish is out in the ocean and live line it. And that's a very, very, very fun way to fish if you haven't done that before. I haven't, but now I'm going to. Oh, it's great, man. <clears throat> and you can use all my stuff, dude. Just come get it. Um, Likewise. Yeah. Man. <laughs> you can use mine if you need them. <laughs> I'm going to respect the locals and not blast out, you know, uh, the, the fishing spots. But if you contact me personally, I'll be glad to tell you. There's some spots in this area where... I heard you talking on one of the episodes about um, shore-based red snapper. I don't remember if I sent you those pictures or not. No, I didn't get them, but, yeah, I remember talking about them. <clears throat> yeah, that's a real thing, and I've experienced it uh, multiple times. I know where they're at, dude, and the best way to do that is live lining because they'll, they'll pick up that bait. If they feel any resistance on it, it, that's unnatural to that fish. But if they pick it up and they put it in their mouth and they swim with it for a little bit, they've committed to eating that thing now and then slowly reel that reel and your circle hook grab and set. Uh, and it's fun, dude. Like your bait check, when you hear that clicker going off, you get to listen to that sound for as long as you want, as long as that fish is still dragging that bait with it. 
anyway, that was a long, long spiel. Uh, I usually take, if I'm by myself, I'll take three surf rods. I try to keep them all the same length. Like I heard on, uh, on your show with Paul Vancelet, keeping it consistent because all of your stuff, you, you, you have to cast it differently. So I try to do 12 foot rods and they don't all match. I wish that they did. And then I think that 5,000 size spinning reels are, are the best because they have the torque and the drag capacity uh, and also the line capacity to do pretty much whatever you want to do. And then I got my surf fishing cart, my cooler with all my rigs in it. Um, I tie my own rigs 90% of the time. I would say out of all the things that I've learned fishing, learning how to tie my own rigs was like the defining moment from where I went from like an amateur to like actually kind of knowing what I was, what I was doing and tying your own rigs is great because you can scale it. Like, uh, if the fish are tearing up your stuff, you can go to a higher pound test. And then if, if it's a crystal clear day and you're fishing for pompano and they're not biting, you can scale it down to, you know, 15 pound fluoro or, or whatever. If you need bait, you can scale it even down further and use tiny little hooks. And now you just tied your own sabiki rig, like if you're fishing, kayak fishing offshore. So I would highly suggest that to any newbie out there is learn how to tie your own stuff. And that's pretty much it, man. That's what I take with me. Uh, and I, I do double drop rigs like 90% of the time because any fish that's swimming through that area, if you got the right bait and you put it in front of their face, the, the fish are opportunists. If they see it yeah. and they want it, they're going to take it kind of cool you bring this up too and with chip in the same same breath here um when he came out with the mortician rig that really changed the game for me because it was like all right today's a day where it's really clean you know i drop a snood down to 10 pound you know or maybe a smaller hook a four or something like that or maybe a six yeah oh and then on days where it's all right it's the waves are rocking all right hey let's move this back up to a 30 pound you know let's let's get after it you know you can customize so many things but you're right man i mean doing your own rigs there's there's a little bit of pride that goes in that with that too. One hundred percent. Yeah, I was just gonna say that too, man. Um, it's like anything else when when you do it on your own, it's it's better. Even if it's not like a, a crazy keeper fish, like knowing that you did the research, you put in the time, you planned out that trip, and you want to target this species, and you go out there on rigs that you tied with bait that you acquired on your own, and you make it happen. That's extremely fulfilling. Uh, and I think that's a, a big reason why a lot of us do this, you know, because unpopular opinion right here, but like, I'm not crazy about going out there and just catching a million whiting, you know, that's not super exciting for me. I go and do it and it's fun. You know, if I'm trying to like have some people over and I want to fish fry, whiting's incredible fish and they're out oh, there yeah. pretty much every day, you know, but yeah, going out there and knowing that you can fill a cooler full of whiting and you tied all the stuff and you did it on your own, man, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. Very, very cool. And then, you know, doing it with your friends, like I'm sure that me and you are going to share some time in the sand together, going right. out there and just shoot the breeze and catching fish, man, it's, 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 it's amazing. Well, I truly hope so, because I'm definitely looking forward to it, especially with you coming out, man. It's I know it's going to be a great time out there, and I am very excited to go fish with you. So yeah, when you talked about this point, but let's back this part up because this is where I think a lot of people overanalyze their fishing. So if 100%. You're, when you're at the beach and you're looking, all right, I got my first rod, number one, I'm going to cast it out. Where do you look to cast your lines? In, in anything in life, really, I consider myself like a student. Like I, for the record, for anybody who's listening to this, I don't consider myself a great fisherman at all. I do catch a lot of fish, but that's also because I fish a lot, you know? 
uh, and social media is funny like that. You see all these dudes like slaying fish all the time. You just think that they're catching fish all the time. Nah, bro, they strike out nine out of 10 times. I'm yeah. telling you, if they, if they say anything else, they're lying. But with my travels, dude, I would say fishing in Jacksonville is difficult, man. Um, you can't see the bottom. Yeah. So you, you have yeah. to learn how to read the beach. Uh, a lot of people think that they know how to do it and you get better at it over time for sure. But, uh, like I said, um, learning how to tie my own rigs was a huge milestone in my fishing journey. I would say probably the, the second biggest one was fishing with Chip Brundage, dude. I have to give credit where credit is due. It was like experiencing fishing for the first time again. I was like, God dang, I had no idea that that was even a thing, dude. Like yep. crab knuckles? What? Like, what is that? <laughs> This is hilarious, dude, because everything you're talking about right now with Chip, it's like I did the exact same class you did. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah. What, you can use this? What do you mean I got to look for this? He's like a master like, teacher your, sometimes like, over there. Why do your sand spikes look so funny, dude? Oh, it's because <laughs> you can snatch your rod out of it real quick. Like, like dang, man. Uh, I love Chip, man. I really like people with big personalities uh, that are kind-hearted like he is. He Chip is a big dude. And he has an even bigger heart, man. I, I love that guy, dude. All right. Anyway, off topic. Going back to uh, <laughs> where, where, I, where I cast my rods. So Jacksonville, super dirty, hard water to fish. Fishing in Jacksonville is hard, dude. And then Texas is even harder, man, because they have three sandbars out there. So you really got to know where to put uh, your, your lines in the water. So um, it would be easier for me to show you in person, but, uh, you know – you guys have all heard this before, like reading the beach. You look for differences in structure. And the I have a video about this on the channel that goes very in-depth in this also. Probably too much. It's like nerding out on it. But the structure on the beach is the sand. And that structure could be the difference between one to two feet of sand buildup, just depth change in water. That's your structure, right? And the way that you find that is by the waves cresting. So where there's not waves cresting, that's deeper water. And that's what I look for. And then there's obvious signs too, like if birds are diving down on bait or there's, you can, sometimes you just see the fish, man. I haven't heard anybody say it on your channel or sorry, your, your podcast, but here in Pensacola, if you just walk up and down the beach, you will see Pompano in the surf. Like you can see them in the, in the waves fish right there, dude. That's, that's where like you see him. He's right there. Just cast at him. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but the typical, uh, you know, it's the same thing that everybody says. I like to fish runouts and rip currents and don't cast in the middle of it like they're they're ambush predators uh i actually learned this spear fishing a lot too as i spent a lot of time observing fish just watching them do fish things you know and uh it's true they will hide behind that little mound right there waiting to charge at whatever comes around the corner of it because they're they're fishing for calories like they're eating for calories to stay alive and they don't want to expend those calories so they're going to position themselves in the right spot for the right time for whatever flows out uh, between those sandbars. So uh, that that's the best place to cast, in my opinion. But I also believe in there's no absolutes in fishing. On, on some random day, the best spot might be that there's something in the water that you don't see and they're on top of the sandbar, like the last place that you would think to cast. So I also do a lot of random stuff too, man. Like you know, I'll, I'll target the sandbars and sometimes I'll just do some really weird stuff and just see what happens. And it, that's really fun too. When, when something crazy happens, you know? Yeah. And I like that you brought up the part with the, 
the rip currents because everyone does know, hey, look for the rip. And yeah, a lot of people are like, well, how do I find it? Um, one of the things that I love about this area is if you walk up to the beach, there's going to be a sign that says beware of rips and it's going to show you in a picture. And I'm a picture guy. I mean, I'm Marine. Oh, yeah, man. Big time. So, yep, same. yeah, you love that whole piece. It's like, okay. But if you fire it directly in the middle, it's like a fish behind a rock. Um, somebody gave me that analogy. I can't remember which episode it was. I sorry. Um, yep, but, I listened you know, to that one too. Man. Yeah, just sitting behind the rock, and he sees it. Like, okay, cool. I'm gonna snatch it up, and I'm gonna get back because it's that spot. It's the same thing with the rip. They're gonna hang off to the side. Yeah. Oh, less energy expenditure. Grab that fish. You know, grab whatever it is. Yep. All right, I'm back in, and I'm waiting for my next one. So, thank you for putting that in there because that is a very important piece that I think a lot of people look for, but then yeah. go, oh crap, I didn't mean it like that. So, yep. hey, definitely thanks for putting that in there. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, it's kind of funny now. Like, we've been doing this for a minute, um, like fishing, you know? Like, yeah. to me, that's like a no-brainer, like, thing that I, you know, like, yeah, duh. Like, of course you do that. But if you had told me that when I first started fishing, that would have been, like, revolutionary to me. So uh, it's a really cool thing what you're doing, man, with this podcast. Like, I, I, I want to help you get this thing out to as many people as you can. Because, like, think about a dude coming down for vacation, uh, and he wants to – you know, catch fish with his son. If you spend a day or two listening to your show, he's getting one-on-one lessons from Chip Brundage and Mark Burford and Paul Vansalit. You know, like you can't put a price on that, bro. Like it, it's it's a very cool thing that you're doing, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, that's why I've been so harping on, hey, look, I'm not just going to stay in Florida. We need to go up to the Carolinas. We need to go into New England. We need, you know, I'm working on trying to get one done here with uh, an Alaska guy. I mean, all these pieces all those yeah. areas matter. There is that difference between this small ones. Now, granted you have the basics that's key, but fine tuning at the end is even better. So thank you. I mean, it's, it, that's yeah, my man. main goal with this is to be an education platform. Yeah. 100% man. And I, I love that too, man. Like I said, I was a music educator. I'm an instructor pilot. I, I love teaching. Um, it, it's cool. And then also if you're listening to this like specifically for your area, like that's a great thing too, but I'm telling you, man, I would not be nearly uh, as experienced. I'm not going to say good because I don't consider myself like a great fisherman. I, I kind of know what I'm doing, but uh, I, I try to stay humble, you know, yeah. uh, the lessons that I learned in Texas and in Hawaii and then on the East coast fishing the Atlantic and all those things they they build your repertoire like your your toolbox like i use all that stuff here also uh so listening to all these different episodes from these dudes like that's just kind of help you you know because it's all the same like you're just changing your tactics a little bit but it's it's pretty much all the same stuff yeah i need to do i need to do a hawaii episode man and then accidentally say oh honey we have to go to hawaii sorry we have to go fishing (laughs) man Something that I learned while I was stationed there, stationed there is um, – now, this is for military folks. I'm sorry uh, for those who aren't. But if you are in the military, going to Hawaii is cheap, dude. Like, you can rent – like, the Halikoa is the, the military hotel right oh, there. It's by yeah. your pay grade. Like, it's not expensive, man. I mean, it is expensive, but it's not as expensive as, I would say, going to the, the Keys, man. It's like, it's like the same, you know? Well, if you go three blocks down to the Hilton, you're paying four times. So, I mean, exactly. if, you're, if you're active duty, then this is, granted, we're getting a little off topic here, but this is important. If you're military, you should absolutely be looking at MWR every place you go. 
whether yeah. it's MCCS or any of those pieces, there is so many things that are associated with fishing with MWR yeah. wherever you are. They I mean hell, a lot of times they have the gear. So if you yeah. are military and you haven't taken advantage of that, or a retiree and you haven't taken advantage of it, please do. It is a awesome program to utilize. Um, yeah, we we've been going for fifty here, so I need to do our next little bait check. So here, let's get after it. It is your second bait check of the episode, and how fitting that it is with the Sinker Guy. That's right. Head on over to thesinkerguy.com and take a look at everything that Chip's got going on in the Sinker Guy garage. Right now, the Bruno rig has been fire along all of social media. I have seen so many posts of people catching Pompano up and down the East Coast there with the Bruno. I've seen it in action. It is a phenomenal rig. Mortician rig? Hey, you heard me talk about it. I love it. Sinkers? Oh, it's in his name. Of course he's got it. Lots of good stuff over at thesinkerguy.com and you will not be sorry because it's quick shipping, great customer service, and yeah, like he said, Chip is a gentle giant and just awesome. So again, thesinkerguy.com, get your order in today. Well, with these pieces, I, all that fun stuff. Damn, dude, I'm going to have to go back and tag MWR. That's going to be fun. Hopefully, they're they're feeling generous in their uh, their reciprocation. <laughs> um, dude, they might put your stuff on their social media. You never know, man. Those guys are cool. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say this, and again, everybody probably like, what the hell? But you don't know unless you ask, because the worst they're yep. going to tell you is no. But that's just yep. Well, so we've talked about all the rigs and setups here let's dig in uh last few bits of questions here one of them being an important one of bait what type of bait do you like to use i heard a few people talk about it on your show but uh i am very 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 much a match the hatch type person like don't fix it if it ain't broken type thing let me put it like this what's your favorite food dude uh, well, my medium extra chunky butt likes burgers, of course. There you go, dude. Cheeseburger, right? If if uh, if I put that cheeseburger in front of your face and it looks similar to the cheeseburger that's your favorite, you're probably going to eat it, right? Yep, you know it. Yeah, man, that's, that's the way I think about it. Now, if I put a crazy, uh, you know, what's that one color? Tiger something, fire tiger or whatever they call it. If I put like a, a crazy chartreuse cheeseburger in front of your face uh, it might piss you off and you want to snatch it which that's called a reaction bite that's a real thing too but i think that you're probably better off staying with like the traditional you know what they're used to eating so that's what i try to do shrimp clams whatever uh i will say again i, I know i'm mentioning chip like crazy um but i i didn't even know how to like that you could fish with clams like i didn't know that that was a thing uh yeah and then crab knuckles all all that stuff but my go-to for sure is uh, shrimp. So I, I'll do shrimp. And then uh, there's a few, once you get into like the YouTube questions, if we do, I know we're going super long. It's crazy how it's all good, fast man. time's going. It's all good. Um, fish bites is amazing. I've been using fish bites since I, I can't even remember when. Long before I was affiliated with them at all, fish bites 100% was with me when I was surf fishing because – there's just no other way of saying it. It's just that that stuff works, bro. That's it's it's so good, man. But yeah, I'll I'll usually take if I were to take one bait setup, it would be fresh dead shrimp and a pink uh, shrimp colored fish bite. And then if I'm targeting pompano specifically, then I would try to rake my own sand fleas or buy them whatever, and then use the white and orange 
fish bite. And there's a very specific reason for that, which I know that you know, but a lot of people might not, is when those sand fleas are spawning, their row, their eggs on their bellies are orange. So that sand flea uh, flavored orange and white fish bite looks and smells like a sand flea. And then also fish bites, they're hyper-concentrated uh, chemicals. So they're more potent than live bait also. So you have that chemical scent going out there. I listened to your episode with Fish Bites Brett. He was talking about this. The fish, the way that they are looking for their meal first off is by scent. That's how they can like sense it the furthest away. The next one is their lateral line is an organ that senses vibration in the water. And that's why people put floats and rattles and stuff uh, on their rigs. And then the next one is by sight. And Fish Bites takes care of uh, two of those for you, the scent and the uh, sight. So, and then put your float on there, whatever. Now you got like the trifecta of uh, optimizing your, your bait. So yeah, fish bites for sure. And then, yeah, whatever I can get at the bait shop. I also am a big proponent of getting the bait that's in the water with that fish at your location specifically. So like if I see bait running, uh, a perfect example of this is the mullet run. I don't know if that happens here but on the east coast it's a huge deal when the mullet are running cast that mullet and throw that mullet at that fish because now you're feeding it its favorite food in its backyard if that makes sense yeah makes absolute sense because i cannot tell you the amount of people that have come on the show and said oh yeah i like to use horse mullet i'm like how the hell are you using horse mullet where the hell are you yeah, getting man. it from and they're like oh the mullet run dude you just cast net it oh dude, right. I, I know i sent you uh i sent you that video of me surf casting that monster tarpon <laughs> at, at Amelia Island. Yeah, dude, that was during the mullet run. I cast that, no joke, it was like a foot long mullet. And then it was a uni to uni knot, no weight at all on a six op circle hook, big circle hook. And with the outgoing tide, I just let that mullet swim where I wanted to go as most natural presentation as you possibly can. And dude, uh, I hooked up on them a few times. I never landed one but still probably one of if not the coolest moments uh of, of me fishing was sight casting a giant tarpon uh with my feet in the sand it's insane just recently um i think it was yesterday actually justin dropped a uh justin reed fishing dropped a video of him catching bobo uh from the beach the first time he's ever done it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know any of those firsts are always the best and most memorable moments it's just absolutely it's something about that like holy crap i can't believe that happened yeah and even it could be the same species but if you change the small thing you tweak the thing you know and uh it's it's that aha moment the light bulb moment like the that's always very satisfying oh for sure what about lures do you do any lures from the surf or do you prefer set rigs it depends dude so uh, uh, one of my favorite videos that I ever made was me fishing with Chip, and we were going out to Target Reds, and we were fishing with uh, uh, set rigs. That's, that's not what I call them. I, the first time I ever heard anybody call that was actually on your show. I just call them surf rigs. That's what I know them as, or double drop rigs, pompano rigs, whatever. Um, I always have that out there because, to me, that's money in the bank. Like, I oh, know yeah. that anything that's hungry is going to eat that. Like, literally anything, man. Like, I, I've caught some weird stuff on on uh, on double drop rigs like uh sheephead like random stuff dude but something that i learned in texas i don't know if you guys watch any uh texas fishing videos but the saying that everything is bigger in texas is absolutely true 
if you ever get the chance to go out there, South Padre Island is incredible, dude. But something that they do down there is they fish on the jetties. You ever seen those videos? Yep. Yeah. And I had a great conversation not too long ago, an episode with them out of Texas. Uh, and he broke it down for me. They don't mess around with big fish. They get some monsters. Oh, it's serious, dude. I got a video on my channel where I was at a, a Ranzas Pass, which is a very famous jetty down there. Like people go on vacation down there just to fish on this jetty. I don't know how long it is, man, but it feels like five freaking miles. You got to walk out there and it's like slick, like treacherous like hike to get to the end. But there is some hardcore fishermen out there, dude. Like people in the panhandle, man, you got it easy. You wear your flip-flops and your freaking bro tank and, uh, you know, pull your, your Gucci surf fishing cart down to the, to the water from the beach access. Nah, dude, in Texas, it's like a freaking endurance sport. Like just getting to the end of that jetty is like a freaking half a day journey. <laughs> and then you take you take a three ounce spoon on like a nine foot or eleven foot heavy action rod and just cast it no joke a million times and you might get lucky enough to get one bite <laughs> like that's how those guys wow. are out there dude yeah but that long story I, I bring it up because I do love to fish with big silver spoons and that's something that I don't see people doing here very often but you can make some magic happen doing that man. Um, you can catch kingfish from the shore. You can catch Spanish mackerel from the shore. Big reds, jacks will smash a silver spoon. And uh, if you're not already a subscriber on my channel, sorry, uh, you know, shameless plug right here. Oh, no, uh, you subscribe. better be plugging it because if you're not plugging yeah. it, I'm going to be a little butthurt. So, yes, you need because, to. Because uh, I, I definitely... I don't do this for money, and I know that it, like, makes a lot of people angry, but I'm not one of those dudes that's going to blur out the background of my fishing spot. Like, I want you to catch fish, but there's some spots that I know around here where you can cast into some deep water very easily. There's a spot down here, man, that's my favorite spot to fish on earth, bro. Um, I'll, I'll keep it a surprise. I know that I told you already, um, but it's, it's magical, bro. It's actually the inspiration for my channel, Slot City. That's that's what we called it. Because every time that we went there, we would we would limit out on slot redfish. I'm looking forward to your yeah. videos out of this whole thing, dude. I I am seriously excited for all of your all, all the content that you're gonna have coming up here, and it's gonna be good. This one's perfect because this next question is perfect due to the fact of you've done so much moving around. So when you're gonna go fish someplace you haven't been before, what do you do? Yeah, I would say that. Fishing is like a, uh, a culmination of all of your experience, right? So, for instance, when I got back from my third deployment, me and my wife, we went on a, uh, and daughter, we went on a vacation to Tampa. Uh, not for any particular reason. I forget the name of it. It's some island. I forget the name of it, dude. It doesn't matter. Anyway, random. I've never fished on the west coast of Florida ever. So... Uh, very first thing that I did is I started researching the area, right? And uh, something that I think gets lost on a lot of people is there's definitely etiquette uh, in the fishing game. And yes. yeah, people will share their knowledge with you, but you got to be, this is going to sound, uh, I'm not trying to sound cocky, but you got you to be like worthy of that knowledge, if that makes sense. Like, if I know that you're going to go there and destroy that beach or take every single fish that you can out of there, like, I'm not going to share that with you, you know? But if I know that you're a super good dude and you respect the sport, and more importantly, you respect the wildlife 
because these are living creatures. Like when I see a, a, a beautiful redfish, that's no different than like my pet dog, you know? And if I harvest that fish, like I, that, that's a very like profound thing. And you learn that the more you fish, right? You, you, re, you respect the sport and you respect the animals, but I'll, I'll start like asking questions, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dive into those forums. Um, I do have a, a ace in the hole or whatever you want to call it, because I do have the YouTube channel. Now people are like, more willing to share information with me. And I'm extremely grateful of that. Uh, but Facebook is a really great resource. You can start asking questions. Uh, and that's where I'll narrow down the spot. And then I'll think about that spot. Like for instance, the West coast of Florida, I'm like, Hey man, this is kind of similar to the panhandle. Like they don't have crazy tides. The water's clear. So I'm going to try to target uh, Pompano or I know that they're snook in this water and they hit soft plastics. So I'm going to bring that. You know, uh, I, I just do research and ask questions. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of like living life by being a good dude, like the good dude policy. If you do that and you ask questions like at your bait shops or like to other fishermen, like they're going to tell you, man, like, you know, I will at least. Yeah. I mean, there's a great post that actually got dropped out recently by Half Hitch, uh, was talking a lot about that. Um, you'll actually find that one back here. And if you guys are following me on social media, which you probably are, cause you heard this, um, yeah. I'll have it pinned up there. It's a really good one. So yeah, etiquette and all the pieces of respect are so important in this game and it cannot be forgotten. Well, it's more than that, dude, your average person that doesn't know what we do and what it's about they they think that we're going out there and like attracting sharks and killing all the fish, you know, uh, interrupting their recreation, swimming, whatever they're doing. But yeah. it's not like that, you know, but if you're that guy, you know, for a lack of a better words, if you're that Guggen out there, like, you know, leaving beer cans and filleting all your fish and leaving trash everywhere, like on the beach, you know, like people will remember a negative experience a thousand times over one positive one if that makes sense yep absolutely they will i mean that's what half of reviews are the average person isn't going to leave a five-star review they're, they're just going to exactly. go about their day anybody yep. that had a bad experience oh yeah you're guaranteed you're getting a review yeah 100 percent. and that dude that's a very big thing with uh youtube man is like honesty and transparency uh, you made a post about that the other day. Like, what do, what do you look for in uh, YouTube videos? Yeah. That's a huge deal, man. If, like, being genuine and honest and doing the right thing, you know, that's that's paramount, dude, for me, at least, you know. And I know it is for you, too, being a Marine. Like, that's, that's, that's like, fundamental, you know. <clears throat> a little bit. I mean, <sighs> If any of you know me really well, uh, which I, I will admit there are several of you that do, and there are some, you know, a vast majority of you don't, you'll get to know me eventually when you see me. But one of my uh, my favorite things is somebody starts doing some, lack of better terms, shady stuff or just off the box. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> eh. and my eye starts twitching. I'm like, oh, man, Call them out, man. I, I got to go. Yeah, but thankfully, it, it hasn't happened too many times for me. I'm very fortunate for that. Um, but yeah. I can't complain on there. Uh I'm going to ask you, so uh, we're actually going to do something different with this episode, ladies and gentlemen, um, This because uh -oh. we got a lot coming here. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do one more bait check, and I'm going to ask this last question, and then you poor souls are going to have to wait a week because, oh yeah, this is a two-parter. Yes, it is. So uh, I hope you all are ready because we're going to go ahead and knock this out, and it, it's only going to get better. So make sure you're listening because here we go. 
is your third and final bait check for the episode. This bait check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Head on over to ninjatackleva.com and take a look at all the great stuff that Matt's got going on up there in Virginia. The Ninja Dagger Rods. You know I love them. I fish them. Seven foot all the way up to 12. Maybe you need some reels. He's got them in the shop. Bait? Well, yeah, he's got you covered. Maybe you need some terminal tackle? Absolutely. Or maybe, I don't know, you need the bummy stick. Hey, you know he just got them in? Yes, he does. He's got them. A great rod. Really good to be using. You've seen a lot of people using it on social media and on YouTube. Head on over to NinjaTackleVA.com and get your order in today. One of the questions that I've been asking a lot of people lately, and this is where this question came about, for those of you who didn't know this, was I have a bad habit of parking my ass in the sand and being, all right, this is my home. And on the bad, slow days, I was like, well, this was my home for the day. Then I learned, you know, it's like, hey, dumb-dumb, you got to move. If it didn't work, you got to do something. If you want to catch fish, you got to move. So for you, how do you adjust your tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire? It depends on what my goal is for the day. Right. Uh, if you guys who are listening haven't done this yet, even if you don't think that you have a shot at winning, go fish a tournament because it changes things drastically. Because now it's not about just having fun. It's a it's a, compet- a competition, and that puts that competitive edge on there where that pushes you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. Every time I go out there, I'm trying to make content. So rarely do I go out there just to kick it and have fun. Uh, I mean, I do have fun. Fun is the byproduct of it. But I'm trying to make an episode, and people don't want to watch videos of me. Of, of me. Like, that's not it. They, they want to see the, see the action. So... If I go out there and I'm trying to make content, I would say maybe 20 minutes. I also time my fishing around events, if that makes sense. So, like, the tides, you know, uh, sunset, sunrise. I'm not a huge, like, uh, lunar phase dude. Like, I I imagine that there's a lot of truth to that. But to me, it sounds like crazy wizardry, like, you know, uh, astrology type stuff. Like, what's your sign? Like, I don't get that deep into it. Um, I do know that I don't like fishing around a full moon, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm waiting on. And then like if the tide turns and I'm still not getting nothing, I move. And then uh, a lot of it is about structure on the beach. You can move down a little bit, but I'm not going to lie. There definitely is places where you have a better chance of catching fish. And the more that you do it and, pick up on things from people and just your own experience of trial by fire, finding spots. Eventually you'll have, uh, you know, like a Rolodex of, of places that, you know, have been productive for you. And then I'll just bounce back and forth between those places. That makes a lot of sense because I mean, if you know your areas of, of all that one, yeah, that makes 100% perfect sense. And oh, I, dude. And that's why I am so grateful, man. Um, the Navy has, been so good to me in the sense that every duty station that i've had has been at an incredible fishery the downside of that is it takes a long time to build that knowledge right and to make those connections it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen in a year and it doesn't happen in two years this is like you're you're committing yourself to this craft if you're serious about it you can go out and just have fun like no problem but if you want to get good it takes a lot of time and effort. So I'll be at a duty station for three years. Like I just left Jacksonville, man, it's, it's like a, it's a bittersweet thing because you make these connections like chip and, um, fish bites, Brett and Mark Burford and 
there's so many and forgive me for the people that do support my channel. If I don't mention you, uh, it's not because I don't care. It's just like, you know, I, I can't recall it at the moment, but you learn that area and then it's time to go, but I'm coming back here, man. And I know this place. So I'm, I'm just ready to hit the ground running, dude. Well, the good news is, is actually all those guys are coming back over here they love fishing over here, especially in our tournament season. Oh yeah, man. There's so many people, dude that I've crossed paths with. And like, I, I love your podcast, dude, because no joke, at some point I've rubbed elbows with all these people. Uh, a, a good example was I was listening to your episode with Paul Vansalit and you made the analogy that he's like the cheerleader that like uh, helps encourage people to pursue, uh, you know, their, their endeavors on social media or whatever, or just fishing. And I was like, you know what, dude, you're right. He did that to me. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. He does uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he likes and comments on my stuff all the time, man. And it's really cool. I do love the fact that we've been able to link up with that many people and together, but unfortunately we have run this episode really long today and we're going to hug it and, uh, cut this one up. You're going to have to listen next week to the next ports because it's only going to get better. So I'm super appreciative of all the time there. And Nate, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate your time. You've been listening to finding Demo surf fishing. Thanks for sticking around. Tune in next week. We're going to have part two with slot city fishing. Lots of good stuff coming. Stick around. Yeah. <laughs>